Thank you, Barrett Johnson, for playing us in. I love how we get him live to play with his full band to play that show or to play that song for every show. <laughs> it's really Barrett. He sounds the same every time. It's amazing. Yeah. Very generous. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Barrett, and your band. No, I was playing, but that's a great song, man. I fucking, I'm glad we found that song. Yeah. We, uh, did we mention, we haven't mentioned this yet, how we wanted to have an intro song that like fit the vibe of what we're doing, man. <clears throat> like, Right, we we would love to have done like Len- Leonard Cohen or something. Yeah, not not to diminish anything that. Yeah, no, 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 that, no. Yeah. It's not comparing Cohen to to Barrett, yeah. but Barrett would be okay. That was the vibe yeah. that we were kind of going. Yeah, for. especially the song "You Want It Darker." I love that one. It's my favorite. Do, 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 <laughs> that baseline that comes in. Yeah, it's your favorite Cohen song. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Hallelujah. Yeah, that's a classic, of course. There's so many good ones. I like his. I like his last album, though. His voice is just so dark. And like, that's he didn't, what, he didn't always sound like that. That's what you wanted. Darker was on, right? Yeah, it was yeah. his last album before he died. I like <clears throat> that's a good album. But that whole vibe, like that, was like the perfect vibe for lighting up a bonfire, having some whiskey, chilling. Yeah. End of a day. Let's talk for an hour and a half or two hours to the fine folks out there. And then Barrett had that song. It was off. It's off an album that's not even released. So that's the, we got lucky. We got lucky that uh, we got an unreleased song and it, it just fits perfectly. It yeah. fits fucking perfectly. He played that. Thank the you. First time, yeah. Thank you. The, uh, the first time he played that was at a Heritage Happy Hour live show and I heard it and I was almost in tears. I was like, damn, this song mm-hmm. is so good. <laughs> so yeah. But, uh, you only get the lyrics if you go to our Patreon page. <laughs> I hate to make a shameless plug for our own shit, but oh, I'm not. Yeah, subscribe. I please do. Yeah, give us some money. Shit. But yeah, no, I can't. I, I I can't wait till that album comes out. That's a good one. All of his albums are good, but this one's this one's really good, especially that song. So, definite shout out to Barrett for uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. always kicking off the show. And it's not live. Just joking. We took a recording. <laughs> He's not that good. <laughs> no one can play the same live every time. And maybe that's the beauty. I mean, that's the beauty of uh, doing live shit, man. It's not. Uh, you always get a unique perspective, for better or worse. Yeah. You know, uh, it's more authentic, perhaps. Definitely. Yeah. Excuse me. Choking. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, but um, we brought back uh, for today's show. We brought back an old favorite, Finlegan. So we're we're double dipping into the uh, the smoky Irish, Irish. Oh, I put the bottle away. It was either Irish or Scottish. Whatever. Uh, it's yeah. definitely smoky. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. I think it was it uh, was it episode three, maybe three or four. I think we busted out the Finlegan. Sounds about right. And uh, it's it's my favorite. So we double dipped and went back <clears> into it. You, you like it more than Cooper's Mark? I think so. For like a sipping whiskey. It's just got that real smoky shit, like that. Just it's like, ah. yeah. I, I mean, like that. I like the I like the gnarly <laughs> shit, man. I I usually do. Like I, I definitely prefer an IPA over a uh, pale. Uh, pale. Well, I really do like pale ale though. In the summer, doing some yard work or something, a couple of pale ales. Y- yeah, 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 for sure. Um, because yeah, the IPA would be a little too much. Might for, be for working. Yeah. yeah, it's more at night. Have a nice IPA <clears throat> with some pizza or something. 
But I, I do like, I definitely like the bite. I definitely, yeah. um, I'm not down with the drinkable beers anymore. Nah, yeah. I can't even have beer, man. Having celiac disease can suck I know, sometimes. that sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I had a Crispin earlier. But the ciders are good. And the, and the gluten-free beers, some of them are good. Some of them are shit. I forget which ones because I just, I don't even fuck with beer anymore. But if I didn't have celiac, I'd be all about, maybe it's good that I do. So I don't want to drink too much beer. I mean, it's bloating and right. Yeah. Trying to work out and stuff and not look like I drink t- six beers a night. I'm not trying to look like that. So. No, vodka would definitely be better. <clears throat> so when God gave me celiac disease, thank you, God, for that. <laughs> Although sourdough bread, man, that's the one I miss, sourdough bread. Oh, boy. Oh, really? You ever go to San Francisco, walk down by the pier? I forget how you pronounce it. It's like Bodin, B-O-U-D-I-N. That bread, uh, I don't that think sour- I know that one. Oh, fuck, dude. You go down to like, I think it's Pier 39. It's the real touristy spot in San Francisco. Yeah, you walk by the sourdough bread. Oh my god, <clears throat> I want to die when I walk by there. <sighs> I do love me a chewy piece of bread. Or, yeah, I, mean, I like the funk that the sourdough has. Man, you put some clam chowder in there. Oh dear God, it's heaven on earth. I swear. I mean, if I like clam chowder, that would be fantastic. Oh, you don't fuck with seafood, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I do. I like sushi. I like well, it's I like it. all sorts of fish, man. I feel like it's like how people feel about the smell of weed. I just, yeah, uh, the some smell, people hate it. But yeah, and I think it's intoxicating. But yeah, the smell of fish, it, it, it's too much. Too much for you. I just can't get past it. I feel like I like enough things. I don't have to try to like. Yeah. Seafood. After Fukushima, that's probably a good idea, man. <laughs> I'm probably. <laughs> right. What was that? Well, I eat sushi, man, from the ocean. And after Fukushima and the Sorry, nuclear yeah. leak, like it's probably good that you don't oh. eat fish, man. Like I'm probably gonna have a third eye, and not in like not in the like enlightened sort of way. <laughs> like that's like that fish on Simpsons, man. <clears throat> right, it's and so it, delicious. If and, not you, maybe one of your offspring. <clears throat> yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't eat a lot of sushi. It's too expensive, but I would if I could. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like fish. But no, I'm done having kids, so I can get all fucked up, I guess. I hope when you have kids, man, you just hope they're not, you hope you don't fuck them up in a psychological way, but then you, you like it, like there's these people who are not having kids because of climate change. And I didn't even think about that. That didn't cross my mind. Right. People are like, it's an ethical choice. I'm like, okay. Ooh. Well, kind uh, of. Kind of. I mean, it for you maybe, like, I mean, yeah. Hasn't every, it seems like every generation has lived through some sort of per- perilous Dude, you event. Yeah. You could have said, oh, the cold war. I can't, <clears throat> world war two. I can't bring a kid in this world. Genghis Khan might come around, like, you know, Middle Ages, you know, like. And, I mean, don't you want to have a child that can cope with that? Like, that is. <laughs> no one's life can be perfect, man. Everyone's going to deal with shit. Everyone has shit. Every life is going to have sorrow, even if you yep. don't have enough. Even if you don't necessarily have, you know, physical strife. I mean. But suffering is going to exist for you in some way. Everybody has ups and downs. I mean, Absolutely. So I think that's, I mean, if you don't want to have kids because of global warming, fine, that's, that's your choice, but that, that you'd I be mean, hard. It, does, it just, it doesn't sound like they really want kids then. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe. They, they, it sounds like they might be pushing the ethical choice a little bit, but well, maybe I think not. If you're, I think if you're not. pushing that onto someone else, for sure, like that's a tough one. I don't know if you can go that far. 
but you know, if you if you're like, well, and you shouldn't have kids because of this, it's like, okay, right, stop, maybe not. I think you're you're swinging the pendulum a little bit. But I get I get like having that question. I think that's a normal question. The end of the world's coming tomorrow or in uh, ten years. Like we've been talking about the end of the world forever. Like it's in the Bible. Like they had a bunch of end of the worlds. Well, I mean, obviously, part of the other part of the problem is their certainty. Like, I'm sorry, but you really don't know that the earth, that the world is gonna. We could turn it around. I hope we do. Change. I always yeah. have hope that we do. I'm just like, yeah, it looks bad. <clears throat> we got what 10, 20 years left until the Earth. But I think it's kicks a good... us the fuck off. Yeah, but I, I would say it's a good sign that we're acknowledging that this is bad. We are. Look at this. Is this for this? No, we had this on the intro where a fly flew in my whiskey. I've had that happen quite a bit around here. Yeah. Well, we're well. We we should probably make a mention of that. We're not at my house right now. We're at your trailer. It's a different setting for us. Yeah, yeah, we're up in paradise. We're up in paradise, dude. Yeah. We are in. It feels so good. Wow. It's crazy up here, though. I mean, just at this part, we're not at your property. We're at, where are we? Your in-laws? Is that where we are? Uh, yes, Barry's mom's okay. property. Yeah. So they have property up here. But this is how all of paradise looks. Like, this neighbor is just a pile of rubble. This dude in the back, pile of rubble. Across the street, pile of rubble. <clears throat> and there's one house getting some work on it. Obviously... They got damage in the siding. I see one house over there, and it looks good. Across the street, there's some houses, and there's some trailers. Mm-hmm. This place is fucking... It's weird to drive through, this, man. I mean, maybe... Yeah, this area is, what, 50% of the houses are gone? But I think... Yeah, this is actually pretty good, for the most part, for compared to the rest of the town. I think Paradise Average was 80% gone. 80, 85, 90. I heard somewhere in the 80s, yeah. yeah. And and you get I, I drove up to my parents for Easter, man. And like when you get into certain parts of town, there's fucking nothing. It's just all burnt down, and you don't even know where you are. That's the weird thing. Like you're oh, driving through this town that you lost I, all the signs. Yeah, stuff, you lost yeah. the landmarks, man. Well, and landmarks, yeah. <clears throat> you you have to think about it. I drive out to my parents. It's like through the forest, and it's all burnt up there where we used to hike. You know, you just went you just went hiking down there, man. Yeah, head damn area. Yeah, yeah. So that's where my parents live, and it's out in the woods and all the trees are burnt down and now they're logging them out and you're like, where the fuck am I? I lived up there for yeah. like maybe 10 years. Yeah. I drove that road. I'm going to guess at least a thousand times, at least. And I'm like, I don't know where I am. This is guys. We, it's a weird, it's I, a, it's a loss that you never would, that I never would have thought of. Like I never thought I would experience the loss of, I mean, my hometown, like the entire uh, thing, dude. The entire thing, La Comida, is gone. Like Mexican restaurant, you go to with the shitty burritos. <laughs> they give you the shits later. <laughs> but it was a family thing. No, but, right. Those are like iconic things that you, you just assume are there. It's not like I'm in tears over it, but it's just like, huh, weird. This is a totally unique sensation that it is. I've never experienced before. No, it's weird. So that's what we're up. We're up here in the midst of the campfire. It's crazy. That was a whole crazy thing, man. <laughs> that was like one of the, the weirdest days and I wasn't even in it. I was just witnessing it just outside of it. I mean, you were you were in it. I was in it, mean, yeah, in a different way. Related to it. Yeah. <clears throat> right. I was thinking about that afterwards, like like you all who were in the fire, like it was a different like I was thinking about it like psychologically. And it's like a different experience. It's like it's like a very um very pure fight or flight mode right 
So you're in these flames. Flames are on both sides, and it's just survival. Yeah. You're like an animal. You're just an animal. It's just survive. Yeah. Like hearing that, you you would do with the animals. The animals would do better than you because we're humans. We suck at instinct and survival stuff. You know, we have a cush world that we live in, especially here in the states. Like on the day to day, we're not fighting for survival, right? But but that in that moment, that's what we're doing. But then when you're just outside of it, it's like the opposite experience. It's dread. So it's only thinking about things abstractly. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't make it out. He died. Where did he die? How did he die? My grandpa. I couldn't hear from him. You, you're good. You're not good. Now the flames are licking at your, yeah. licking at your heels. Mike might die. It's it's that. Um, it's a very abstract way of experiencing. I mean, experience. it's more the way that uh, specifically humans would uh, right. suffer. I mean, no right. other, no animal can suffer in the way that a human suffers. Yeah, my dog wasn't thinking. Man, I met Teddy and Dixie, Mike's dogs couple times and i wonder how they're doing through all this (laughs) you know and dogs weren't thinking about that my hope mike shows up what if we die here it's just it's a different it's a weird experience so i don't know i think i I can kind of guess at it but no i mean just like i can kind of guess what it'd be like in the midst of actual flames like i guess i've never experienced that experience but i mean i could just take a stab at what that would be like because you i mean we all kind of know what survival mode's like not in the most extreme sense, but we've had those fight or flight responses. That's just a weird thing. So that's the long story of why we're up here. <laughs> or not why, yeah, I guess why we're up here. We're not at Mike's place. In the future, we'll be at your place, and I can't wait to do that again. That's where we would always bonfire at your house. Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about maybe doing something at your place too, half and half. Maybe yeah, for sure. We haven't set any. But it's just funny things. that we did it. We did it at your house for four and a half years straight. And then the minute we start a podcast, it's like we haven't even been to your house yet. <laughs> it's going to feel so good when we do the first It is podcast, good. I so. hope that episode, that episode will probably turn out pretty good. It'll be better than these shitty ass episodes. <laughs> and we're like, I hope look, so. look really at this. Hope so. Look at how unprofessional we are. 15 minutes in, we haven't even started to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> I, no, I would say that's a good <clears throat> sign, actually. It's just the... The thrust of the show. It's I, meandering. It's... It is. I like. You ever hear the word thrust? I hear it in like. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it in like scholarly books. I'm like, that's the thrust of the argument, and I just, I'm like, <laughs> he said thrust. <laughs> I feel like Peter that's Griffin. What, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, I think Talbot uses thrust a bunch of times in, in one of his books. He's like this, you know, philosopher, that's and the thrust of his argument. I'm like, thrust. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> this is why I could never be a scholar. I bet no, I bet some scholars have dirty sense of humor. But I would rather, I'd rather everyone knows I have a dirty sense of humor than have to put on this like I'm this buttoned-down intellectual. No, I yeah, I respect those people, but no, being fake is never good. No, I don't. No, I yeah, you got to be fake in in certain <sighs> intellectual I mean, circles in a yeah. certain way. Like they have these rules where if you like write a paper that's not the exact length that they tell you, you're going to get marked down. So you have to be real fake. You have to basically bullshit for like, well, I'm two sentences short, so let me just say some shit for the sake of saying it, and so I don't get penalized. And they'll eat it up, I guess. Like that kind of fakeness is like, damn, that sucks. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that sucks. But 
as long as you're not it can be fluff just as long as it's not directly contradicting what you truly believe yeah i mean whatever whatever we probably all everybody fluff. has to pay a mortgage uh <laughs> yeah yeah i would say fluff it up if that means getting letters behind your name absolutely play play game play play ball play game play the game just don't compromise yourself too much yeah don't cut yeah yeah you have to bend a little bit in anything you do i mean i've done things like that i've written articles for places where i'm like okay i got i'm not gonna talk how i talk on the show or something you gotta you gotta be fake sometimes because mm-hmm. it's like well this might be worth a couple thousand dollars or some shit be like yeah i'll fluff it up for a minute <laughs> <laughs> i got bills man i got bills we all do but philosophically speaking i would we can't i don't think we can escape being authentic like you are you when you're acting the way you do when you're writing for a more professional publication like that's you yeah. in that situation. Right, right. I don't think it's being <clears throat> fake. You're not like, yeah, you're not um, contradicting yourself or creating this false persona. Not anymore. necessarily, at least. Right. You just might put it, like, I would try to be much more <clears throat> articulate, maybe if I'm, yeah. like, when Zondervan was like, hey, do you want to write an article? And I was like, I right, motherfucker. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to look different from when you're texting. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to. I hope so. God, I don't want to go back. I do want to go back. Speaking of text, I want to go back. We still got to do that shit by episode nine. I'm going to, I'm going to promise. I'm going to make a promise that we'll go back to the texts that we sent when the campfire was happening. We, we, we made a mention in one of the episodes. Remember Mm -hmm. we haven't done that yet. Sorry. We dropped the ball, but I'm going to do that. I think it'd be interesting. I wonder what they'd say. It would definitely shed light to the actual situation in the moment. So we'll do that next time. I'd have to scroll through a lot of texts. If but. I remember, it wasn't bad. Like, I I mean, I never texted you, hey, I think I might die. No, but I thought that. <laughs> well, no, because what? You uh, you said you were good, and then you texted me in retrospect. You're like, oh, we weren't good. What you, okay, so you're right. good. So right. I never got the, the brunt of it. Okay. But it'd still be interesting. But anyway, now that we're almost 20 minutes in, I want to talk about I think we mentioned the last one or in the intro or something. I don't even remember. It's hard when you record all these episodes at once <laughs> or in short, in, in a different, uh, you know, like if you record something, you record something the next couple of days and then it comes out two months later and you're like, what did yeah, I say? Fast production. Yeah. At some point we mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, Middle Earth and Tolkien. We're going to geek out on Tolkien because you and I are both like big Tolkien dorks. <laughs> Not the dorkiest of the dorks. I know some real Tolkien dorks that I'm like, I don't even understand I mean, the reference. You definitely more than me. I definitely love the Lord of the Rings, but Well, I've read most of the Silmarillion, so I'm a And I haven't. Yeah. I can at least hang out in a crowd of Tolkien nerds and yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't talk much, but <laughs> I mean, honestly, the uh I know the first part of the Lord of the Rings the best. The I mean That's because you watch it on repeat, right? That's your favorite one. And that's what I listen to when I listen to the audiobook. <laughs> yes. Robert it, Inglis, because... right? Robert Inglis, the narrator. Oh, yeah. And, he's the best one. And I, I think that's actually the only um, unabri- unabridged uh, audio audio version yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think you're right. And he and that's does the one great. I have. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's fun listening to the difference between Frodo and Sam. Like It's subtle, but it's good. It's and there. it's like perfect life. Like, yeah. of course, Sam should sound like that. He, he nails it. Uh-huh. I like his orcs. He's like, my name's Ubluk. Right. Yeah. 
I and work for Sauron. Ar- Aragorn seems to stand out pretty, pretty well. Sometimes he blends the voices Sometimes a little bit, but Aragorn blends. is always kind of Aragorn. Sam is always kind of Sam. Yeah, it would be hard to do like if you're trying to say, okay, read like Aragorn and then make it different than read like Boromir, and you're like, okay, well, it's come like, on, <laughs> that's tough. No, you, you like it kind of boils down to how in essence is Aragorn different from yeah Samwise or yeah for <clears throat> sure that's a good that's a good uh, I've I've listened to that a couple times but it's just funny that you and I are, I mean we we just gravitate towards Tolkien and I don't know where that came from necessarily I mean among yeah probably the many reasons I like it because it's it's very leisurely like. I mean, it is a lot of no books these days would put in all of the songs and poems that. No, that's that's something I didn't realize is in there. You get a little bit of that in the movies, been, but not much. Not at really. All. I Maybe mean, a it, couple times. It's kind of it. it's you really notice how the songs aren't in there. Yeah, well, a lot of the songs are about like their ancient lore. So you'll have one person, yeah. one character singing. Aragorn will be singing about some elven king that long since is not a part of what is it, the Third Age of Middle Earth. So is is you know right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're not gonna you know you're not gonna get that in a movie or something. But I think you get one song by Peregrine Took toward the uh, whoever oh, that's whoever's right. running shit. And that was terrific. actually oh man. It was good. I it kind of brought me to tears a little bit. It was very yeah. emotional. It was very good. Um, that's one of my favorite parts, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> you get you get some like joyous singing at the at the um, the Green Dragon or in Bree. Yeah. But you yeah, don't yeah. you don't you know. There's a lot you miss. I mean, they were more ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Yeah. What does it, that mean in the books? Don't use those uh, words on me. All encompassing. Yeah. Um, more pervasive. Uh, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten, I was reading to my daughter. I got maybe halfway through Two Towers. I would try to sing the songs and just, I would just try to make up a melody. <laughs> sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. She's eight, she doesn't care. But that was my goal to read all three. I mean, We're that blows me away. That's definitely <laughs> I did, a talent. I did pretty yeah. good for a while. It helps you with your reading skills, man. You're like, reading out yeah. loud is different. It is. It's way different. So those, those audio, audiobook narrators, man, that's a talent. For sure. Shout out to any audiobook narrators. Especially <laughs> Robert English. Yeah. Yeah. He kills it, man. I think he did uh, Shakespeare stuff too. And I could see that. Dude was singing okay. all the songs. It was like, I don't know what melody Tolkien had in mind, but this dude apparently found no, it. worked I mean, on all of them. All of the, you know, unfamiliar words. Oh, I mean, Elvin and uh, <laughs> Orkish and yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, and he just said even the such, names of things, man. Such confidence that yeah, totally. I wonder how many takes it took. That's the tough thing about Silmarillion. That's the hard read about that. You know, if anyone's read that, they know it's like, dude, it's just name after name after name. It's like a cosmology. Tolkien is like like the Old Testament. Yeah, a lot like that. A lot <laughs> like that. I mean, I, and I think Tolkien was intentional. He's creating an entire mythology. And there's that's why there's so many layers upon layers. It's just like name after name. He's building the whole world. Just well, I think I heard that he was specifically more interested in creating like a mythology, a background than an actual uh, like narrative. 
Um, oh, yeah, I think that's it, obvious. Yeah, that's obvious. <clears throat> like the mythology of how the world is created is like there's this, uh, gosh, Ele- Elevator. If I fuck up the names and you're a Tolkien dork and you correct me, you're just, okay. Google is right there. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this shit. I've only read it. Um, he, he like the, that God, that's the God figure, right? Creates these like lower beings and they sing this harmony and the fall, like you have the fall of, I remember all- that. I, I think I read the first part. Did actually. you? That's the tough, that's a tough part, man. You're sludging through trying to, I, I remember really liking it though. It's right. good. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Like this, this dissonant melody, right? And he's, he yeah. sings off key yeah, yeah. and then it's the fall <clears throat> and it's not even Sauron, right? It's like Sauron's like a, I guess I would equate Sauron to a demon, maybe. Like, it's not Satan. It's a lower. There's something that originally fell before Sauron. Uh, I don't remember the name of that uh, creature. Oh, specifically within his lore. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But Mm. it's one before Sauron. I didn't know that one until I read that. And I also didn't know that Gandalf and the Balrog are like, I wouldn't say equivalent, but they're on like the same pantheon. The same metaphysical plane. Right, 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 right. If they're both angels, like ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was like, oh, that was interesting because you knew Gandalf was a wizard, but you knew he wasn't a human. He looks human, but really he's he's more like the Balrog than he is like Aragorn. Right. I think. I, well, I mean, that's how I would see it. Wouldn't you put the elves on the same level as Gandalf? I don't think they are. You think that if they're anything, di- they're 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 not human, but they're so they're similar, but not on the same metaphysical plane. I don't remember it. So, I don't. I don't okay. remember. So <laughs> how am I supposed to remember that shit, man? <laughs> I think I read most of it while waiting for my daughter to get out of ballet. I was like, I'm gonna read the Silmarillion and just sit here for yeah a couple hours. Yeah, got through a lot and then I did it again. <laughs> I was still like. If I even wanted to understand this, I'd have to go back and start over and like take notes, draw out diagrams and shit. <laughs> right. I mean, for example, the elves are immortal, but they can be killed in battle. Yeah, I didn't understand. I don't understand that yet. I haven't worked <laughs> that one out. And I, I mean, they don't say really anything about Gandalf in that kind of way. No, Gandalf but, actually dies. I mean, he actually wait. dies. Like when he falls with the Balrog, he dies. Like, oh, does it say that in the book? I think so. Because I don't remember that in the movies. Ah, so, fuck. E- explicitly. I thought I remember seeing it explicitly. Because, I mean, you could imply that, though, from him turning from gray to white. Right. I mean, that would imply some sort of death. Yeah, it's definitely some sort of death. But is it an actual death? I don't know. But, like, some of the elves actually die. Like, they die in battle or, you know, they die at at yeah. uh, Helm's Deep or whatever. So it's like... I mean, that's weird practically. I mean, it seems I like... I don't know. It, it seems like eventually every elf would die in battle. I but mean, do they, you know, I would... I don't know. Do they remain dead? <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. I know. I don't know their, what their thoughts on the afterlife are. I mean... Do well, you, Tolkien was in, influenced by McDonald, George McDonald, who was yep. out and out universal, universalist. Oh, was he? I knew Lewis was. I think Tolkien even more so. Okay, was they were influenced. in the same. Okay. I, well, and I know that Lewis was influenced by McDonald as well. And Lewis softened on his not being a... I mean, he became, a, I think, more universalistic towards his later years, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people can read into... What is it? Is it the seventh 
Damn, I just got nailed by a mosquito. Oh, they like my sweet Italian blood. Was that the first one? I think so, yeah. I get bitten up when no one else would be like, I'm not even bothered. I'm like, I got nine on me. <laughs> uh, no, I'm fine, honestly. I know, yeah. I got something in my blood that's like, get that, get that motherfucker. Uh, anyway, I think it's like, uh, I haven't read it, so I'm kind of speaking out my ass. Whatever the seventh uh, book in the Chronicles of Narnia, like The Great War... I don't even know what it's called. I don't know that series at all. But I heard that you could, it's, it's, you could make a very universalistic case that that's what's being argued. But again, I haven't read it. I only read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I read, I've seen Prince Caspian. And I read one of the other ones. And it wasn't even good enough for me to remember which one. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I don't know. I like some of Lewis. I just don't like all of it. I don't like his. I love. I mean, I love his prose. I love the way he writes. I don't. I think Tolkien is a better storyteller. I think that's pretty cut and dry. I just love how. Well, it's not going to be for everyone. Not everyone can hang with Tolkien. Not everyone can read three pages before the yeah, people three. that you're watching or listening or like imagining in your head before they even like go anywhere. <laughs> like, no, you have to be patient. <laughs> very patient. Like you just described. And I'm supposed to remember right turns, left turns, the way this hill looks in the east, the way this mountain looks but that, in the west. I don't know. That's so Buddhist. That's so spiritual, just being in the moment. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, are you kidding me? He he took a lift. He took a left. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, it's that's just, so awesome. To just sit there. I just imagine him like writing on his typewriter with his eyes closed and just like imagining this shit. Yeah. Like, maybe. <laughs> no, I I mean, I, I I truly believe if you can, if you're so ecstatic about those minute details of existence, all the power to you. Like, right. yeah, if you're going to create a whole language that works and <laughs> it could work as a real language, like that's only evidence of that oh fact. Yeah, boy, man, I'm not about to create a language. I tell you that much. I don't even want to write fiction. I thought about it. I I'm think not ready. It's still a goal of mine. Yeah, it's just the this story hasn't hit me yet. The story that I can't resist telling. Yeah. I would love if you wrote a fiction. You're just like, I bust out this whole story. and be like, damn, sweet. I've thought about it. It sounds appealing. I think Keith Giles is writing a fiction. He wants to work on fiction or something. I could see him doing it. He, but I feel like if you write fiction, you got to read a lot of fiction. I don't know. It's a whole different way of writing, I think. And I've only dabbled. But I think the process would be a lot different. It'd be a lot different from how I write nonfiction, which is all I've really written. But I can only speculate, man, because I haven't really done it. But if you can do what Tolkien does, God bless you. That's crazy. Because mm -hmm. not only do you have to write a good story, you have to, like, Tolkien's got all these, like, different layers of meaning within it. So he could say as much philosophically or theologically or even more with the way he tells a story. Whereas nonfiction, you're trying to be a little more direct, I mm. guess. Well, I think nonfiction is definitely definitely more combative. Like you're more explicit in saying that I'm I'm against you in this way, in this way, in this way. Sure. Whereas if you're just telling a story, it's more behind the scenes, and yeah. it seems more subversive. Like you 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 sure. catch a hold of the narrative and the characters. And then that kind of sneaks in the spiritual truths. and Definitely. 
I that's mean, why I always find it funny, like that evangelicals would read the shack, <laughs> William Paul Young, you know, I'm like really, you know, this dude is, he wouldn't out and out say he's a universalist, but he would use that sort of language. You're like an inclusivist or all this and that. And it's like, okay, I guess there's theological differences, but I, I'm shocked that in one way, I'm shocked that evangelicals would read what you're what you're writing. But in another way, I'm like, well, the only way you could yeah. get people to read like that, I think, is to write fiction. You couldn't, I don't think his... No, if that was an essay, nobody would read it. Well, and I, I think he's written on fiction, and I would, I would, if I was a betting man, I'd put like $10,000 that I don't have <laughs> on the fact that The Shack has outsold all of his nonfiction books combined. Mm -hmm. That would be my guess. <clears throat> I'd put a lot of money on that. That's a safe bet. Yeah. So if you can write fiction and like, whoa, maybe you're onto something there. No, uh, no, you're right. I mean, that's, that seems to be where it's at because nobody wants to face the fact, directly face the fact <laughs> that they might be wrong. Like, no, that's a tough one. I mean, <laughs> better to be stabbed in the back than in the front. I don't, you'd rather be, you'd rather be that, swindled sorry, that, by some character you sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we're doing to people we're not stabbing people in the back at two brute i've been watching that uh you're watching a uh, roman empire on netflix it's cool no I each haven't. each series each season is about a different uh leader of rome so pre-caesar would be julius caesar and then after you know commodus and uh, caligula that was an interesting one <laughs> and it's like this um it's like half documentary, half live. I mean, it's action. Like it's, it's like half movie, half documentary. I guess there's live action. There's characters that play the parts while scholars are talking. They'll go to like scholars talking about what was going on. So it's interesting. That's a fun one. That's like mixing nonfiction with fiction. That's a good one too. If you could do that well, you're onto something there. Yeah, but I don't know. I've only speculated at writing fiction. I've only hinted at it, kicked around the idea once or twice in my head. Haven't bit the bullet yet. Same, but it's a goal that eventually I, w I would like to do it. Yeah, eventually. I would like to do it too. If I, if I had a bucket list, uh, I would definitely include that in the one. Write a, write a, write a, non or a fiction. But I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to try to be Tolkien though. That's for sure. I don't have the chops, man. And... No, know. and I mean, honestly, that's not, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I think he did it well, but that's not really the way I tend to write. I mean, I, I tend, as you know, yeah. like I, I like to be more concise. I'm not right. Um, I don't really feel any need to write any, uh, <laughs> mythology or right. create a language. Or even like if you're sitting around before this podcast, you're like, I'm going to, Let's start the podcast. I'll I'll take the first thirty minutes to describe <laughs> the, no, what I, the scenery is and how the sun is setting and how many clouds and what kind they are. I, I'm more interested in dialogue. I mean, I love rip uh witty repartee. Like uh I do too. That would be probably hard to write too. And that's really I don't know, it kind of seems to be really antithetical. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Some big word. To um you know uh, Tolkien's uh, modus operandi, like he would rather be 
he would rather have his characters be more wholesome and honest than be witty. And I think I mean, I, I've been yeah. listening. I've been listening to it the first part, obviously, lately, and that's that's just what jumps across to me is how wholesome. Mm. And uh, what do you mean by wholesome? Like how are you, how are you using that word? Like are uh, like almost predictably a certain way. They're not interested in ruffling other people's feathers. Um, the Hobbit's certainly not. They're always trying to put people in the best possible light. Like you don't, the only person, the only or entity mm-hmm. that you see Frodo really um, lambasting w- would be Sauron or Saruman or, mm-hmm. I mean... Like, he's not picking apart Aragorn. He's not picking apart anybody from his mm. own tribe. Mm. Um, Gandalf Gandalf I, subverts that a little bit. Gandalf subverts that when he reprimands Frodo about dealing out death. Death and judgment. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So certain characters subvert that. And then, and then you get the whole story, the whole meta narrative of the whole thing. And, you're, and you realize, you come to the realization, it's like an aha moment. You're like... The ring never gets destroyed without Gollum. You're like, okay, there's not yeah. a. It's not only about a certain tribe, or a certain. This is the good. These are the good characters. These are the bad characters. Because then, Frodo, Frodo ends up like Gollum. Frodo will have a Gollum type mm-hmm. shadow figure. Should Gollum or Smeagol and Sam not be up there in Mordor with him? Frodo would have never destroyed the ring. He would have walked his ass down back yeah. down Mount Doom, which I think is the strangest name of any of the <laughs> places in Middle Earth. Mount Doom, yeah. really? You ran out. Of, it were, seems you, a little on the uh, on the nose, a little bit. Yeah, you got. So you don't have some clever name, <laughs> Mount Doom. Holy shit! Is there a purpose behind that? I haven't figured that one out yet. I think you need to find an Indian translation or something. You got to have something, know. man. There's got to be an Elvish translation. But anyway, Frodo cannot be the uh, the typical hero of the story. Otherwise, he would have thrown the ring in the in the fires, and they would have walked down. And Sam would have helped him because he's the good helper the whole time. It's like no, actually, Gollum went in with the ring, and that's important because without that, as Gandalf prophesied, he had a part to play, and we couldn't tell if it was for good or ill. So in the end, you could say it was kind of for good. It was. I mean, I would say that ultimately everything works works towards the good. I mean, given an infinite infinite amount of time. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody has probably been created smart enough that, yeah, given a million years, yeah, we're going to figure out how to act in a more pragmatic way. Right, or given a will that is, uh, how would David Bentley Hart put it, primordially and teleologically oriented toward the good, so it like comes from a place of good and it goes towards a place of good, and that's just the way the human soul works. That's how existence works. Maybe, yeah. As fucked up as things could look, or as crazy as things could look at this moment, or something. No, I mean because you can always learn from a situation. Like it's like the old adage, like. What is it? Fuck. I started saying something before I had it in my head. I should have waited. <laughs> like you learn 
you learn the most from your mistakes. However, the clever, there's a clever way of saying that, but yeah. Yeah. Essentially that. Yeah. I mean, you make, you make more progress through failure than through success. Maybe that seems experientially true enough of the time that I could see why that is an adage. Or you learn the most profound truths when you fail. Certainly seems to be the case. I think it causes you to be introspective. Like, why why did this happen? As long as you don't, like, rake yourself over the coals or develop some sort of victim mentality. Uh, it's, I'm always just a failure, or I can never do this and that, mm-hmm. or whatever. I think uh, it's good to have those experiences. Right. As, but... long, as long as it's not always those experiences. <laughs> yeah. Like, my Sharks have been on in the playoffs for almost 25 years in a row, and they're playing right now, and they're losing Game 7. Eventually, you got to win one. <laughs> we don't well, need too many failures in a row. I mean, I think the point is that you win consistently. <laughs> Not give just me, once. Yeah, give me a... Well, even give me once. I've been watching the Sharks since 94, man. My first game was 94. The first game I saw at uh, where the Sharks play hockey is the game they clinched their first playoff berth. So it was like right when they were an expansion team. And I've been watching them off and on, more on as my as I became an adult. And I think it's like 26 years and they've never won a Stanley Cup. I'm like, fuck, how do I pick these teams? Jesus. I'm also a Tottenham Hotspur fan. They haven't won a trophy in, since 2008. No, but God, so damn. seriously, why why do you keep choosing those teams? I don't know. Do I'm also a Red Sox fan. And... I didn't go through like 80 years of them not winning a World Series. I'm only 36. So being a Red Sox fan, oh, fuck. I just, <laughs> I don't have my mouse with me. The patio jostles a little It does. Bit. We're on this trailer, man, and it gets a little <laughs> shaky. But I was a Red Sox fan and like, you know, I watched them lose and lose and lose. And then they finally won some. So it's kind of broke the curse for me, I guess. But I still got two teams that never win nothing, man. But it is curious why... It's interesting. Yeah. Sadomasochism? Is that the diagnosis? <laughs> well, I guess it's not really. I mean, like, is it a... Eh, like, is it a hometown kind of thing? No, uh, not really. No, I mean, I was born in San Jose, and the Sharks play in San Jose. I always gravitated towards, like, New England, so that's why I'm a Red Sox fan. And I lived out there for a while. The Spurs, uh, the soccer team, like... It's funny, we had this Mini Cooper. Did you know me when I had a Mini Cooper? Yeah. The the license plate was Hotspur, and we didn't know what that meant. <laughs> and it was from England. This motherfucking car was from London, England. And and then I realized, I was like, oh, it's a Premier League team. And I was just getting into soccer. I was like, I got to go with Spurs. That's my team now. <laughs> and then I looked them up, and I was like, fucking A. They're basically the Sharks of Premier League. I'm like, God damn it. They'll always get to the end and lose. Find a way to fucking lose. Like, are you serious? The universe is just laughing at me. <laughs> really, I just want to know, like, selfishly, like, I remember rooting for the Chicago Bulls, you know, in the late 90s, 90s, whatever. Oh, that was after Jordan or during Jordan? No, no, it's, it was specifically because of Jordan. That's yeah. why I rooted for the Bulls. But just ever since that, I... I've never had any reason to root for any team. Like that's weird. <clears throat> I think you and I talked about like getting into a a soccer club, 
and watching yeah. Premier League. But it's yeah, like that's right. here in California, it's 4.30 in the morning sometimes, 5 in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck, they're playing Arsenal. I got to get up. No, but really, that that's fine. We get up early anyway. I do too. I could do that. Yeah. I've been waking up later, though. I've been having the weirdest dreams. I've been sleeping all right. I used to, I have insomnia, or I did for a long time, and I've been sleeping better, but I've been having the weirdest fucking dreams, dude. Last night, I had a dream that <laughs> we were, I don't even know, and it's funny because I kept waking up and falling back asleep, and I'd be right back in the dream, and it was like this alien invasion, but they weren't like typical aliens. They were like mechanic, like mech, <laughs> like this alien would come out of the ship and like be spinning down as like this transformer sort of thing with like this blade across his chest and it was like spinning and that was like flying him around i was like oh it's the alien invasion and we had to run from him you you and me uh no or i don't know who else was in there a bunch of people it's just i've had these dreams where i've been in a mass of people just fucking running different scenarios that's pretty interesting different like yeah this was the uh the recent one I had one where I was in Sacramento and it was like a shanty town, like a third world country, like houses built out of tarps. That's all it was. And I drove there on a, a, a go-kart <laughs> and for some reason I had to leave and we're all just leaving Sacramento. I'm on a go-kart just fucking driving like all these like chase scenarios. I never get caught though. I always like get away and then I wake up. So interpret that shit for me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I have those uh, uh, flight dreams, uh, escape dreams, whatever you, you want to label it. Do yeah. you fly, though? Do you fly in them? I Just never... running. I mean, running away, and oh. you can never really seem to run properly. And... Yeah, it's all, it's all <laughs> fucked up. I heard if you can try to um, read something in your dream or then tie you, your shoes, yes, then, you, then no. you can have a lucid dream. That's, yes. Oh, I keep forgetting about that. Man, I, I, wanna, I, I wanna, want a lucid dream I do, more. too. I read about that shit. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. And then you get in the moment, you're like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to bed. It's just the the uh, freedom that it's so appealing to me. Like It sounds interesting, man, when people talk about it. I'm but like, I guess, are you making this shit up? Or did you actually experience that? I'm like, ah, I think you did. But I, 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 but there, I think there's still a mystery. Like you can still encounter stuff that you don't have control over. You're, well, I think it's just more like real life. Like you're just walking through life, and shit's gonna happen. You just have. You're just more in control of it. You're more you're, courageous yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Like in my dream last night, from the mechanized warrior things that were coming out of these alien sh- spaceships, like I wasn't in control of the situation. I mean, it was vivid, but it was like it's like you're watching a movie. But like a lucid dream is like you're playing a video game or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's I a like perfect that. analogy. Yeah. That, that works. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But the closest I ever got, they they described like this like sort of falling. Like you're, like you're supposed to lay on your back, I think, is common. And you experience this like yeah. falling and not being in control, but you're mm-hmm. still aware of it. And that freaks me the fuck out. And they say, well, you can't get excited or you can't get too amped on that. Otherwise, you'll jolt out of it or something. And um, I I always freak the fuck out. Like, I used to have sleep paralysis, so I've experienced this sort of, like, awake but not. And you're like, what the fuck? So that always kind of freaks. It jolts me. And then I jolt at it. And I'm like, oh, that was the shit that I was supposed to relax on. No, I I mean, I think the thing that you have to do, the key is you have to somehow remain, um, I mean, conscious. and non-judgmental, you're just experiencing it. Well, you you have to figure out a trick 
to always uh, say self-aware. That's sorry. That's what I was looking yeah. for. Self self-aware. Mm-hmm. It's hard though to be able to record recognize in a dream when you're dreaming, like reading something. That's mm-hmm. that's a tool that you have. Or I think another tool is like you wear a device that um, projects a beam into your eye, like a laser beam or something. And <laughs> you got to wear some fucking goggles and shit to go to sleep. I mean, <laughs> that's too difficult. That doesn't sound ideal. I would rather. No, but you're, you know, what you're also supposed to do is you're supposed to sit here. If I'm sitting here right now, I touch my computer and I say, this is real. This is not a dream. You're supposed to do that. Like once yeah. every hour, I'm like, fuck, I'm no. not going to do yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I got too much shit to do. I'm not going to do that. This is real. This is not a dream. And then an hour later at 9.30. But it this seems is like... real. This is not a dream. Until you go to... And then it trains you to then realize the difference. The opposite, maybe. And that seems reasonable to me. Yeah, it's like uh, apophatic knowledge and cataphatic <laughs> knowledge. Like knowledge through positive and then not knowledge through negation. Like you're learning what is real that you're doing right now and then so that you know what's not, not when you get into that dream yep i hope that bullfrog is picked up on the audio here that thing is so fucking loud it's Magical. cool that after this huge fire man like uh wildlife will be up here and there's a lot of mosquitoes i know that <laughs> but there's also bullfrogs the, and shit and the greenery like the grass the grass I mean, goes quick where i work I mean, the lawn has never looked better. <laughs> I honestly think like in three years after this fire, man, you're going to have, you might be in trouble, actually. That's the what more I, I was from. thinking about it. At first, I was like, all right, you're good. You're not going to ever have a fire again. No. And then I realized, I was like, wait, like the shrubbery, like the low bushes are going to be taking the fuck off in three or five years. That's exactly what Sperry's uh, CDF cousin was saying. Oh. That he, he they yeah. have to go back to fires every five seven you're like we were years. just here <laughs> yeah no I and mean, it's because yeah, it's it the shrubbery that's where the fire is going to take off but kinda, i think it's kind of scary scary but i feel like we're all being more conscious and smart about it i hope i hope so not on the whole though we still got climate change whole. deniers um <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly enough. I'm not going to like shit on them personally, but because I know I know people who deny it. They're like, no, climate change is not exacerbated by humans. And I'm like, okay, I think it is. But <laughs> and so I'm not going to I'm not going to shit on them. But it's like, well, damn, no. at what point would you ever think that it was like, what would you have to see? Like who above a scientist would it take to convince you like? 90 95% of scientists agree that it's that global warming is caused by human um it's exacerbated by human yeah for sure on a on a scale we've never seen and but and who would you trust more than a scientist to assess that i mean a philosopher your pastor what an english teacher the bible no that's what in english that's sorry <laughs> that's what a scientist is for that's his field right there well they're paid off though man they got an agenda it's like that's not Whatever how science that is that's yeah. not how science works i mean i know there's agendas and publications and 
being peer reviewed. I know there's agendas in that shit. It just seems that at my point, the point I always try to make is not, I don't even play the climate change card. I go, okay, you cannot deny that there's a garbage patch in the Pacific ocean, twice the size of Texas. That's true. And you can't deny that a shit ton of the Amazon forest has been destroyed for things like FIFA you, sh- you, you hear what they... Or not FIFA. Oh, well, from FIFA John, fucking sucks. No, I mean, John Oliver talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, as a soccer fan, I know what FIFA does. But the Olympics, yeah. which is different than FIFA, they built like some fucking stadiums in Brazil and they played like two soccer matches in there. And now it's like a bus parking lot. I know John Oliver talked about that. But it's like, okay, you cannot... And the, the, walking around in China, Beijing, China with masks on, you can't even see the sunset, the sunrise. They actually televised the sunrise in some <laughs> cities in China. You can't tell me, Fukushima, you can't tell me that this is all good and it's like healthy. So even if you deny climate change is exacerbated by human beings, you cannot deny that we do some horrible fucking shit that is not healthy and is a world that you shouldn't mm. want to live in. No, and I think the point is it, it's exactly those things that also cause climate change <laughs> well, i would it, take you that step further too i would just want to iterate or reiterate that point to people who even deny climate science or climate change yeah i think those things do lead to the changing of the climate but, but even if they didn't do you really want to do that sort of stuff to the climate because you can't or the world the you Earth? can't deny the concrete changes that are happening right now I mean, yeah and you can't say they're good yeah it's good that Fukushima happened. Okay, no, obviously it's terrible. It's good that we're deforesting the Amazon forest. No, it's terrible. And there are, and it doesn't a logical mind say that, of course, there's consequences when you do that. Like if you had a garden in your house and you like dug it all up, half of it, and you'd be like, I expect to get the same produce as I did last year. And it's like, no, you, you ruined half of your garden. Why do you think there's not consequences? You're like, okay, I have, I have half the tomatoes now. I have half the lettuce. Is that a perfect analogy? I don't think so. <laughs> but well, no, I think there's it is. consequences. It's a decent one. No, I think it is perfect, though, because it ultimately boils down to, do you believe in cause and effect? I mean, do you really think that hum- sure. human interaction does nothing to the environment in which it takes place? No, of course it doesn't. Of I mean, it does. you 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 know that personally speaking, like of course, because you believe in free will, right? Most people do. You believe that when you put your foot out, you're gonna kick a soccer ball. Like <laughs> physics happens. I don't know. If you're on Spurs, it'll go just a little bit wide in a championship <laughs> game. Fuck, fucking yeah. a, and Harry Kane will be injured. <clears throat> but yeah, there's a there's a cause and effect in some way. You don't think you have the power to. If you if you explain what Fukushima was. Or Chernobyl. Like you create this little tiny sun and then it fucking goes out of control and it leaks into the ocean and you're like, oh, that's probably not going to cause any sort of problem. No, we're good. Yeah. I don't think humans would cause any problem. It's like, are you fucking like, seriously? Like, of course it's possible and it's probable. It's probable because that's how that's how the world works. No, but if I punch you over and over in the face, your eyes can get real swollen up. You're not going to be like, well, you punched me a hundred times and now my eye is not swollen yet. You're like, of course it is. 
Yeah. I mean, just to illustrate the insanity of it all, like one of my friends from church. <laughs> oh, church. He said that it was arrogance to think that that humans could affect the, the, the environment in that kind of way. That It was arrogance to think that we were that powerful. And that's just, that seems to me a very weird way to put it. Yeah, it's weird because I would think like it's arrogant to think you would never have an effect. I mean, arrogance thinks that essentially means that you think that you're better than something else. I would think so. And it yeah. just it, that doesn't really seem to apply to the situation. Yeah, I'm like really arrogant about how shitty I am. <laughs> it's like, wait, <laughs> arrogant might not be the right word. No, I mean, it. <laughs> it's not arrogant because we're not wise enough to manage the planet that we've been given yeah it's really saying like we should know better and we don't and we're really shitty for not that's not arrogance that's like damn we're no just, i you I, admit that damn i mean I, we have I, a lot of responsibility and we yeah. fucked it no i i agree with the other side that you know we're created well this isn't necessarily the other side but right that we have that human beings um have been given the authority, so to speak, to have some sort of cause and effect relationship with with the earth. Like we, yeah. we've what, been it, given the power to do with the earth what we will. That's Genesis one, man. It's like there you go. That's that's that's, that's straight out of uh, ancient, ancient, ancient texts. That's like okay. Not only are we made in the image of, and likeness of God, whatever that concept God means. But we have some sort of responsibility with the, with the earth that we're supposed to take care of it. Because we have an acknowledgement of how one it is, how connected it is, how it's like this like almost living life force that will do what other living life forces do to live. <laughs> and yeah. you don't think that... Those who are to care for it, as Genesis 1 says, could actually impact it. Like, that's bizarre. It doesn't, no, it, it again, it doesn't seem to be a matter of arrogance. No, it's not a totally all. different issue. Yeah, it's not one of arrogance. I think it's one of humility to say that we've been tasked by the actual God of the universe to take care of the place that we live because we have a different consciousness about what it actually is i mean we're i mean technically speaking we understand concepts like we can we can deal with concepts whereas animals can't <laughs> yeah and even if they can we certainly deal with them in a much much more complex sophisticated way, way. except like, maybe except maybe dolphins maybe uh, that, I'm not sure joe rogan dolphins. points that out in one of his <laughs> specials like and, I, and then you look at a dolphin or a gorilla and you're like uh oh, this motherfucker sure I would add gorillas. But I would still think that from what I understand about animal behavior is that a gorilla could learn what a piece of fruit is. If you gave a gorilla an apple or a banana or a mango, a gorilla can learn what mango is and be like, hey, you said mango. Give me some shit. Like, I want a mango. Uh, I mean, Dogs it, can understand that, too, on a very, they know very the primitive mango. Right. Yeah. But you couldn't say to a gorilla, well, you are the apple of my eye. 
to mm. like you know what I mean? Yeah. I read that somewhere. Yeah. It's not an original thing yeah. that I came up with. I can't quote where that is right now, that's, but <laughs> no, but that you're right. That's definitely a difference in kind, rather right. rather than a difference in uh, quantity. You're right. Or you couldn't add up all the gorilla's yeah. ability to yeah. know words to get to the conceptual idea that the apple of the eye is means you're in love with me. Yeah. Or I'm the only one for you, as compared to all the other women. You love me the most, or or men, or whatever. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think the gorilla is understanding that. So. I mean, we're obviously different. Yeah. We're, yeah, we might have a, I think I affirm the fact that we do have a, uh, what, what is the f- official term? Like, a an ancestor that is similar to a monkey. We have a, um, what's the fucking, like the straw man is that, oh, we're just monkeys. No. Uh, we have a common ancestor. That's the term I'm looking for. <laughs> well, and it's like, well, but there's still difference. But geez, what, what's wrong with monkeys? I mean, I guess they're super aggressive. Well, and they're animals and this and that. And it's like, okay, we have very anim- we do have animalistic behavior. But no, I'm saying that we've evolved to such a way where we're vastly different. I think con- concepts is one of them. Language in that way. I would. I, say don't, I that- don't think you could say a language is apple equals one thing. That's not how language works. Like apple can be used in all these different contexts. Well, I mean, apple does mean something, though. It does mean something, but it means a lot of different things, and humans understand that. The fact that it means a bunch of different Apple things. bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Sorry, like I, don't, ap- I don't know that one. <laughs> apple bottom jeans, I think, what is it? Florida. <laughs> I think it is. Apple bottom jeans, like, girl got, you know, she's got a big booty, and she's got those jeans that make her butt look like an apple. An animal's not going to understand that. But we know apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. You know, we know the apple of the eye. We know those sort of, you know what I mean? Um, I don't. Words, words mean different things in different contexts. And I think to the animals, maybe they have a, like a direct meaning. A one-to-one correspondence, only binary. Or, ver- or, or, I, or if, they, if they deviate from that, it's very minimal as compared to human beings. How the fuck we got on this? I have no idea. <laughs> and I I might be out of my philosophical depth right here. Like, it seems like if you understand a concept. So what do we mean by concept? Uh, something. Maybe something that only means something in a certain context. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking well, out of my gourd. It, it, it involves some sort of abstraction from reality. Yeah. It's like, not a direct pointing. Like you see... You see a small thing here, a small thing here, a small thing here, and you label all those small things a child. Mm. Um, <clears throat> like you abstract that a child means somebody that hasn't been alive that long, somebody who isn't very big. But the but the abstraction of child would mean a certain thing in a certain context. It might mean something different in it a would. different context. No, like you could be a child... Uh, Re- re- uh, religiously like spiritually you could be a, a child yeah. yeah i mean you're born again yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're taking a, an abstraction from an abstraction <laughs> so maybe a gorilla can abstract once but not twice <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't even know if they can abstract once though maybe they can if someone knows please let us know <laughs> email us send us a message on facebook and tell us, there's this one study about primates, 
I did see this one video about primates who were ritualistically sacrificing the alpha male. And what they were doing is there's the alpha male of this, I think they were either gorillas or some sort of monkey. And there was the alpha male and they were all beating the shit out of it. And then they were like banging sticks on logs and shit and doing like a beating the chest dance. And then they'd all go back to fucking just like killing the alpha male. And I was like, holy shit. Sounds like a religion right there. It does. It sounds like a very primitive religion. It's like the, um, I, I wouldn't want to read too much into animal behavior and then import human understandings of it, but it certainly, certainly seems like it's, religion in its most primitive point and i'm not saying they're learning the behavior from humans but maybe that like it's maybe they've always been like that we're just now like well witnessing it i would just say the common thread would be fear i mean i would say all religions are based on fear so do you think the primates do you think the primates are experiencing fear yeah i mean i mean viscerally for sure but con- I mean, conceptually, Cons- I don't know. But don't viscerally, know. yeah, their See, body is definitely experiencing fear. But yeah, I wonder if, like, if they're if you studied if you could study them when they're doing that, if like cortisol is flowing through their body and like those uh, metabolic markers that are they this, say, okay, the, are the this is what happens when we have that fight or flight response, the yeah. fear response, the same thing that happens in humans. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. I I would have to think so. I mean, I would think so too. I, I mean, bet. I bet if you study one of the primates, that you'd be like, "Oh, their cortisol levels are through the roof." Well, I mean, I think that's essentially what I want to mean when we're talking about being human. It's that you're actually interacting with your environment. I mean, when you, it's a both-and situation. When you experience elation, mm-hmm. there's always going to be this drug that that this drug that is introduced into your body. That will make yeah. you feel that way, but that doesn't mean that you're not necessarily having a quote unquote spiritual experience. Right. You can have one you can have both things. It's a both and rather than either or. I mean I would say, yeah, both and like I kinda wanna say that the drugs cause the spiritual experience, but um on one way that, like if you're like, Oh, I, I you know, I experienced true love and it's most capital L form and you're like, oh, that was just endorphins being released in your body and blah, blah, blah. it's like to no, me No, but I would say that's what happens when you experience That's what biologically life. happens. Yes. But on a deep on a I think a I think I think the actual experience transcends the biological response to it. The biological well, the, response explains it. But the sum in a way. the sum is more than the parts. Yes. Uh yeah. I can explain you watching something on Netflix. I can explain how that shows up through your laptop when you log in to Netflix and you click something that says recommended for you or some shit. I can explain how you see the images and stuff. But if it impacts you in a certain way, I can't explain the profundity of the experience of watching whatever that was. It could be music, it could be a TV show, it could be art, whatever. The point being that it's nuanced, but that every... Every spiritual experience that you have is going to have some sort of physical cause. Something physically is going to happen in your body when you have a mountaintop experience. Yeah. And that, mm. and that biological or physiological response doesn't explain the whole thing. Yes. It explains yes. some of it. But yeah, that, that would be what you could point to. How the fuck did we get from Tolkien to... 
<laughs> uh, I would have to listen back. <laughs> no, that's the beauty of a conversation. You Again, whiskey only helps. You don't listening. know what you're going to get, man. You never know what you're going to get when you just want to have a conversation with the people, with each other. It's more about the characters than the actual plot. <laughs> yeah, we're just sitting on our long journey from wherever we're going, and we're plopping down on a, uh, what is today, Tuesday, on a Tuesday night, and setting camp and lighting a fire, just having a chat. Whatever happens, happens. I'm glad we're up in paradise, though. This is a little different change of pace. It feels better. Even if I'm not on my own property, it feels... It feels better than where you were. Right, which, I mean, compared to some people, was, wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, some people we had are our probably, own space, but... I think some people are still in FEMA camps, man, or like FEMA trailers and shit. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. But everyone's got shit, man. Everyone's got, uh, everyone's got shit to deal with. Everyone's got stuff they got to work through, man. I don't know. Which is nice to know. It is. Unfortunately, but... I think it gives uh I think it gives you a space to have empathy for people. Yeah. Like when you read the the Buddhist four noble truths, you're like, uh, everyone suffers. There's a reason for suffering. There's a path suffering ends and there's a path out of suffering. It's like, oh man, that just sounds depressing. It's actually kind of empowering. It gives you okay, yeah. Everyone's suffering. You don't have to take And it's nice just not to feel alone. You're not alone. You're not the only one going through shit. Someone's yeah. going through shit too. Have empathy for one another. That bullfrog is chatting the fuck up, man. <laughs> He's like chirping in my ear. I could barely pay attention. Uh, thank you. Thank you no, for I'm quieting down. It, yeah. No, I, I, it's nice. Cricket, we got crickets up here. But yeah, it makes you feel not alone. Make, and, and it also, I think, uh, helps you to... Rem like when people do bad shit to you, I think it helps to... It doesn't make it okay, but you realize you have a better understanding of why people do bad shit like like you know hurt you know the old phrase hurt people hurt people <laughs> um yeah. yeah i mean i think that was specifically applied to the nazis but yeah yeah that's a tough one i always wonder what kind of shit like don't take me out of context and say i'm trying to rationalize hitler <laughs> <laughs> or sauron if you want to bring it back to tolkien i mean i uh I always wonder what kind of shit Hitler's mom told him. Don't you ever wonder what kind like how'd, well, someone, I, how'd someone get so fucked up? Man? I, I would say the psychology seems to be of the same kind. It does. Um, I mean, I yeah, I've experienced stuff in my life that, given the right circumstance, it would definitely morph into a Hitler scenario or a, yeah, if I had the same amount of power that Sauron had. Like, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I'm not saying everyone who does bad shit would be like, I could become Hitler. That just seems like a, like almost a, like a false modesty. But you could do some bad shit. Like, given the right circumstances, like I would do some terrible shit. Probably it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it uh, what Hitler or Sauron or <clears throat> any dictator, Mao Zedong or something like that. What they do is like no, it, like it doesn't diminish what is done it just helps understand it i think a little bit a little bit no i think it should just be a humbling and sobering fact it's very sobering it sobered me when i was in the group homes working with kids like 
I know I didn't I didn't like willingly read files of where kids came from, but when I was a manager, I had to. And then you realize it's like, oh, this kid's just like a fucking fucking shitty kid, man. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with this motherfucker? And you read the file, and you're like, oh, they were molested and raped, and they were did this and that. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, kind of uh, makes sense. Yeah, I mean it. It's very sobering. Yeah, judge not, lest ye be judged. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why am I judging this kid? Like, I have not experienced. I've I, I've experienced some shitty things in my life, but I haven't experienced that. So I'm not. I I I am in no place to judge. I can help correct behaviors and this and that, and try to help someone with their issues if I can, or point them in the right direction, see the right therapist or something. But if I'm sitting here judging, like you shitty motherfucker, like what the fuck's wrong with you? You don't want to use your suffering as a crutch, but <laughs> but at the same time, like. I on the other side have to step back and no, that's ultimately why I don't, well, I try not to judge people that, you know, aren't universalists or Buddhists or, or who, who I are mean, evangelicals be- or something. Because ultimately it depends on, I mean, nature versus nurture. I mean, I think nature plays a pretty big part. Um, I mean, it definitely plays some sort of role. What percentage you want to put on that? That's for sure is up for debate. Yeah, but, I think that definitely is. But there's obviously definitely a thing as uh, being a victim of circumstance. Oh, that's certainly true, man. It's certainly true. You could transcend it, but it's like one of those things. It's like, do you pick yourself up with the bootstraps or do you have safety nets? And it's like, well, again, it's not always either or. It's like both and. Like, no, or a zero-sum game, yeah. Yeah, like ultimately you do you do have to take responsibility for the situation you in you're in, even if it's a shitty one. I agree with that. Like, yeah, some maybe some horrible shit happened, but at some point, you you know, hopefully you can make that step towards like, you know, finding some sort of healing or growth or mm-hmm. this and that. You're not bad if you don't. Mm-hmm. Not, you, we shouldn't be shaming you if you don't. There's no shame if you don't, but. But, I mean, uh, the ridiculously simple point is that you do the best with what you're given. I mean, I, mean, I think maybe, so. Maybe you're given a sh- uh, shitty hand in life, but it's still you still have the responsibility of making, even if it doesn't quantitatively amount to much. Well, it will to you, though. Like, if you just step out, I mean, if you can, if you, you know, if you can transcend that shitty situation and turn it into some sort of motivator to as joe rogan would say be the hero of your own movie <laughs> you know like, I like yeah more power to you i mean that 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 makes for not only does it make for a good story but it's healing too i don't know yeah. well i mean that's i mean the one context or definition of free will that i i like i mean i think yeah human volition is definitely an admirable thing i mean admirable yeah that you have some that you have some sort of control over your own fate whatever that means whatever that means yeah that's why even if if it only feels like you have control right (laughs) even if you're ultimately just you know on some sort of script uh as long as i feel like i have control (laughs) maybe that's all that matters maybe i think it's again a a both and like people like do you have free will or is it predetermined i'm like yeah maybe it's 
what do they call it? Compatibilist free will. Like it's, you have free will to a certain degree and it's sort of determined. Well, dual causation. Yeah, yeah, that's what your dad would talk about, right? Yeah. He's the philosopher. I'm not. That's what you would say. People can't, people can't get out of that binary. The dual stuff. I mean, the dual causation. What? You, what? No, it's one or the other. It's dualistic. No, you have to. And think, you're like, no, it's both and. Yeah, or you have to think meta narratively. Sure. That's hard for people, though, man. We get in this binary way of living. I know yeah. I have to. I, mean, I, I have to. I have to get from where I'm. I have to get from my house to where I'm going. I gotta either stop or go through the light. Otherwise, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm gonna get smashed. Get a ticket. You know, no, I mean, no, life is nuanced. Like, yeah, it's not either or. No, nope. sometimes there, it there's is, a, but... I mean, there's a place for everything. Uh, yeah, that's hard for people to grasp. Well, it's a different way of seeing things. That's the beauty, I think, of uh, Tolkien, man. He he gives you, not to bring it back to Tolkien, but we, we have to be no, professionals. No, <laughs> I think he gives you a nuanced way of thinking. You don't get to say good guy, bad guy all the time. Yeah, it's I mean the, the classic example being Gollum, right? I think he's definitely a cl- classic classic example. But even Saruman, especially in the books, he doesn't get killed in the Two Towers, right? He goes back mm-hmm. to the Shire, and he doesn't have to do what he's doing. Even Green and Worm Tongue, I think one of the Hobbits says to him, "You don't have to be living this life. Like you don't have to be following Saruman around. There's still, you know, there's still. It's not just a bad guy." It's a it guy. definitely seems anti-Hollywood. It's, definitely. it's more nuanced. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely nuanced. But I think that's why it got... it got. Uh, it's more closer to life. It's more closer to real life. I know Lewis, you know, in Narnia or something has nuance. But a lot, a lot of his characters were one-to-one. His, the meaning behind uh, yeah. what he was writing was like a one-to-one correspondence. This Aslan is the, equals Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he gets killed. This equals the cross. He gets uh, resurrected. This equals the resurrection. Blah, blah, blah. You don't get that with Tolkien. You get a much more nuanced approach. You get archetypes rather than analogies. Right. I mean, every every character in The Lord of the Rings seems to have a bit of um, Aslan or, I mean, Jesus or, you know. <laughs> Jadis, <laughs> the White Witch. <laughs> uh, right, I didn't even know that. I really don't know Narnia. Oh, well, my daughter was in the ballet, so I know the story a little better. <laughs> and I read the book. I read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to her. She liked it, but she's eight, you know. Tolkien's a little harder for her, but she's eight. <laughs> I think that's kind of how it was for me. Yeah, that's why people are like, I can't read Tolkien. I'm like, okay, well, just... Expand your vocabulary. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a challenge. I get it. Totally. But it's worth the effort. Not to sound arrogant, but that no. sounds really weird to me. <laughs> well, it's not for everyone. I don't think it's everyone. I don't think it's for everyone. I don't know. Different strokes for different folks, man. I mean, if you don't like the story, fine. But if you don't, if you don't understand the narrative. Yeah, I think it's easy to, yeah, it's easy to get the narratives. You can, you can get it. We're all smart. In some way. <laughs> yeah. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. You can do it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm ready to just chill, man. Yep. I'm too. ready to uh, call it a night. Shut my brain off. Yeah. It's been fine. It's getting dark, man. <laughs> it's getting real dark. It's darker here in paradise than it is in Chico. Yeah. It's it's either cool or spooky, it's depending little, on your mood. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool right now. 
It might be spooky when I drive out of here and there's no lights. <clears throat> Maybe but this this bullfrog is singing us off. So uh, <laughs> what is this? Episode eight? Yes. So I, I'm glad you're listening to the show. iTunes, Podbean, and please support us on Patreon. We have content up there for you on location. Potato Patch is where we had our first one <laughs> or are having our first one. We'll have. We'll Definitely have. We'll By the have. time this comes out, we will have had. It's always weird to record something before you do it, knowing you're going to do it. How do you? Yeah, what's you just have to think about it. A yeah, what's bit, the proper tensing? <laughs> but anyway, yes, subscribe on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheBonfireSessions. Visit our website, the bon, TheBonfireSessions.net, because TheBonfireSessions.com was too goddamn expensive. <laughs> oh, for realzy, dude, yeah. it was over a thousand to get oh. that. So I was like, oh. get TheBonfireSessions.net. So that's what it is. Dot yeah. net. And as yeah. always, treat each other nicely and don't be a dick. No. Don't be a dirty dick. Nighty night. You can have a dick, just don't be one.